healing uh, in the atonement. Healing is part of what Jesus accomplished for us on the cross, trying to talk about healing, how to appropriate healing, how to initiate your healing, how to keep your healing, how not to lose your healing. So a lot of interesting things we are going to talk about. Whatever was stopped today will continue next Thursday. But we need to do a recap because this topic is very important because many people are sick. Many people are really sick. So we need to take it easy and then go slowly, recap it, so that we make sure we capture everything as we go. So last week, we were looking at some fundamentals, some foundations on the study of healing. What is the source of sickness? Now, it is important that you are established in this truth because if you are not, the enemy is going to sell you a dummy because he's a deceiver, so he's going to convince you that this is from God because he tells a lie. And then when you believe it's from God, God is trying to make you humble, God is trying to whatever you want to think God is doing with you, and giving you sickness, you will accept it wholeheartedly. And the devil will mess you up with no resistance at all. It's like signing over your life to him. And he's a killer, he's a destroyer. So we must understand that's important for us to understand the sources of sickness. Number one, we said sickness is a satanic operation. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. For God was with him, oppressed of the devil, oppressed of the devil, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So sickness is operation of Satan. Now, we'll say that Adam's sin brought death, spiritual death, and with it came also physical death and the processes that lead to death, including sickness. Romans 5, 12. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. So what was the result of this sin entering the world? Adam's sin brought death. So death spread to everyone. Everyone. For everyone, for everyone sinned. Because we are all offshoots of Adam, except that in Christ now, we become offshoots of the Father. Because we are now born of the Spirit of God. So he says that in Adam, it is through Adam's sin that uh, death came. Now, death came with all the processes that bring death, including sickness. Now, the scripture also teaches us that the sins we commit can also open the door to the enemy to afflict us and oppress us with sickness. John 5, 14. But afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and told him, now you are well. Now you've been healed, so stop sinning. Why should they stop sinning? Or something even worse may come, may happen to you. Then the man went and told the Jewish leaders that was Jesus who had healed him. This man was really something else. So you see, uh, this man knew that the, the Jews were looking for who broke the law, who broke the law, so that they would deal with the person. When he now found Jesus and identified Jesus as his healer, he went and told those people that I found the man who healed me, which means you people leave me alone, you can deal with him. However, the key point we are making here is that our Lord Jesus said, stop sinning. 
lest something worse comes on you. So our Lord is saying, the reason you got into your trouble was because of the sinful life you were living. But it's, all, it's easy to understand this because Ephesians 4.27 tells us, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. Anything that can give a foothold to the devil is what you don't want to have. You, you don't want to give him a platform from where he will operate in your life and ruin your circumstances. If you look at Ephesians 5.10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. So there are works that are called works of darkness, works of evil. When you do that, you cannot have fellowship with the spirits that do evil. You play in their, in their league. You join in their fellowship. And guess what? You give them a platform. You give them a platform. That's why the Bible says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. So that you don't open the door and give place to the devil to come in and oppress your life. Now, 1 John 2, verse 11. But anyone who hates another brother or sister is still living and walking in darkness. See what I mean? And then such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. Now, when you are blinded and you have an enemy, the scripture warns us that is roaming around, I do not know how you can meaningfully engage and resist him and fight him off. Because you are blinded. Now, if somebody is blinded, he's not going to win any battle at all. He's not going to do that. Because you need to see what is happening, you need to understand where your enemy is and understand what's going on. So you can strategize how to outwit your enemy. Now you are blind. And so you see that actually, truly, some things we do can give the, the enemy a platform in our lives. Now, we must be very careful here so that we don't uh, begin to give the enemy advantage already by, by being presumptuous. By this, I mean that it's not, you can't go around and think, oh, this happened to me because I sinned. Actually, that's what the devil also wants us to believe. It's true that sin can cause sickness, but we do sin. All of us do. So it's perpetual sins, I believe, that cause all these things. But it's not everything that you do that is caused by sin. We must be very, very careful here so that the enemy doesn't take advantage of this and accuse us and then make us guilty and then we accept his destructive activity as because we sinned. So we need to, the Holy Spirit should be guiding us in all things. So as I'm saying, it's not every sickness that is of sin. So don't say, oh, who knows it's because of what I did yesterday. No, it's not like that. John 9 verse 1. And Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, and he, his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. So you see, so this one, the other one, Jesus said, sin no more. This one, Jesus said, no, it's not sin, anything. So it's not every sickness that is caused by sin. Now, sickness can also come as a result of bad dietary habits. Just eating and eating and eating, gulping down anything, and bad lifestyle of not exercising, dormant life, and eating the wrong things and drinking the harmful drinks, smoking harmful things that can ruin your lungs and liver. 
So you can destroy your health by smoking things that can ruin your lungs and by drinking things that can destroy your liver and by eating things that are really poisonous to your body. Uh, so we should quit smoking because it ruins your lungs. Alcohol will ruin your liver. You, you, these things that don't really add any meaningful value to you, you should, you should leave them alone so that at least you can eat those things that help you live long, take vegetables, you know, less of carb, and do some exercise. These are natural things we can do to help ourselves. Now, so sickness can come because we are not eating right. Again, we're not exercising. Sickness can come because of so many other things, so many other things that uh, we're doing wrong. So we should be able to take note of this. Now, sickness is never from God. Sickness is never from God. Never. The Lord Jesus was anointed to heal people and not to make them sick. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit to heal, to heal. So God does not give sickness. He can't anoint his son to heal, turn around and give you sickness. Now, in Exodus 15, 26, he says, For I am the Lord that healed thee. So it's the, it's the Lord that heals us. So it's not the Lord that makes us sick. Luke chapter 4, 18. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal. So God cannot engage in healing and engage in giving sickness at the same time. It's not like that. Again, God's plan and thoughts for our lives does not include, include doing us evil. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. So God says, my thoughts towards you does not include doing you evil. It's to give you good things, give you expected end, thoughts of peace. So it doesn't include doing evil, so it doesn't include making you sick. Don't ever accept that God made you sick. God does not make anybody sick. Now, God does not change his mind on his promises. If he says, I'm the Lord, that he led thee tomorrow, he's not going to say, I'm no more the Lord, I'm going to kill you. No, it's not like that. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. God is not a man. So he does not lie. He is not human. So he does not change his mind. The Lord that he led thee, Jesus Christ the same yesterday to them forevermore. He does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and fallen to, failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? So you see, he's, he, he, he's, he remains the same. God does not change. He is our healer. Now, we said, is it God's will to heal? Well, going through this because these are very important fundamentals that we must be very, very established in this truth to be able to fight off the deceit of the devil. Is it God's will to heal you? Absolutely, yes. He said so. I'm the God that healed thee. So it's his will to heal us. And moreover, in the plan of redemption, healing is part of the plan. It's part of what Jesus achieved for us. 
healing is part of that plan that cannot be reversed. Because the Son of God secured it with his blood, it cannot be reversed. So in Isaiah 53 verse 4, reading TPT, it says, Yet he was the one who carried our sicknesses. See, did you see that? He carried our sicknesses and endured the torment of our sufferings. We viewed him as one who was being punished for something he, he himself had done, as one who was struck down by God and brought low. But it was because of our rebellious deeds that he was pierced, and because of our sins that he was crushed. So you see, death came because of sin. Jesus came and took the punishment for sin. So that, whatever is the consequence of sin shouldn't be on us and must not be on us. And then he said, I'm reading verse 5 again, but it was because of our rebellious deed that he was pierced and because of our sins that he was crushed. He endured the punishment that made us completely whole. Whole. And in his wounding, we found our healing. So this is an accomplished fact forever. Jesus achieved this for us. And so it cannot be, God's will cannot be the opposite. After he, 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 the, son, the Son of God came and paid terrible price for our sins and bore our sickness. There's no way God can reverse this thing. There's no way anybody can reverse this thing, except we don't believe that. So it is God's will for you to be well, even as I'm talking to you. Jesus said, the Bible says, he was the one who carried our sicknesses. We shouldn't carry it because he carried it. Now, let's look at God's method to heal us. But this is something we need to understand. Because if we don't understand how God operates, we will not be able to really uh, walk with him to see our healing spring forth. Now, let's look at the natural doctors, medical practitioners. Well, fortunately, I'm a pharmacist, so this is us. This is us. So, <laughs> doctors are medical practitioners. When doctors heal, they heal by physical means. They don't heal by spiritual power. They heal by physical means. They give you medicine and walk on your body, put you up on the table, cut you open, walk on your body to help your body heal naturally in the main. Helping your body to now heal. If, if they do everything, your body is not healing, you are gone. If they, no, if they do surgery on you, no matter what they are doing, if your body is not healing, you are gone. You're, that's it. So it, what they do is to help the body to heal you, to, to do what God created it to do. So they, they heal by natural means, physical means. So natural healing is primarily by your natural body. When your body is too old and cannot recover from some surgeries, they will not do it. I was told, and I believe it's true. If you have some, some situations and you're too old for your body to be, they can't coerce your body, they can't make your body recover, they tell you, we can't, we can't, we can't operate on you, it's inoperable, we can't operate on you, because you won't recover. And then that, that's the end. So you see, they, they, they heal by physical means. They never heal by spiritual power. They heal by giving you physical medicine, which you drink, which is injected in you, and then and all putting you on the table and cutting you open, and then doing what they're trained to do. Now, when you pray, when they are doing all of this, 
that process can be quickened when you pray when the doctors are treating you surgery you can pray and the spirit of God will quicken that process of your body healing you it becomes faster and heals better perfectly you can pray about that but that their healing is physical that's what doctors do it's physical now how does God heal when God heals he heals through his spiritual power he doesn't give you uh, aspirin doesn't give you anything like that he doesn't he doesn't use intermediary it is by his spirit directly that he effects healing in our body so when God heals he heals through spiritual means again remember what I said when the doctors are treating you you can pray and God will quicken and speed up that process and make the body begin to respond faster and then you, your healing comes off faster and even better but when God heals you without doctors or anything he's healing you directly by his power by his spirit by his power by his spirit you need to understand this that God heals directly by his spirit by the power of his spirit directly directly we're going to see how why it's important for you to know this and have it at the back of your mind and understand how God heals you so God does not heal like a doctor God heals by his spirit Luke chapter 5 verse 17 and it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town and Galilee, of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them he didn't say we had new vaccines we had no it is, oh my God, we have a new delivery of this from Pfizer. Well, there was no Pfizer then. From whatever. No, what was present to heal them is nothing physical at all. It's the power of the Lord that was present to heal them. So when God heals, he heals directly with his power. Directly. It was present to heal anything. Luke chapter 6 verse 18. They had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Now I want you to take note of to hear him and to be healed. This is very important. Some people don't want to hear him, but they want to be healed. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. We're still going to see. You've got to hear him and be healed. Very important. Luke chapter 6 verse 18. They, they had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. So if you want to be healed, you go to hear him first. Because it's not hearing him that will build your faith to receive what he's giving you. And now, and Jesus also cast out many evil spirits, 19. Everyone tried to touch him because, listen to this, because healing power went out from him and he healed everyone. There was no supply of medicine, supply from anywhere, no. Healing power, the spirit power went out and healed him. Healing power. When God heals, he heals spiritually. He doesn't heal physically. When doctors heal, they go through physical route. When God heals, he goes through spiritual route. And again, the spiritual realm is the most powerful realm there is. It, there's no, no, most powerful realm there is. What the spirit realm can do in one second, you may not be able to do it in five years. So it's a very powerful realm, really. 
When God hears, he hears with his power. Do you know anything more powerful than this, the power of God and the spirit of God? And so, God is a spirit. Because he's a spirit, now here is the doctor. Doctor is a human being, so he prescribed medicine for you. You go to the pharmacy, pick it up. All this while you or people are walking as human beings. But God is not a human being. He's not, he doesn't prescribe nothing for you. God is not a human being. He's a spirit. John 4, 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man. He's not a man. God is not a man. So he does not lie. He's not human. So he does not change. He's not human. Zechariah 4, 6. Zechariah 4, 6. So then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force or by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven. So whatever God does, he does by his spirit. By his spirit. The power of, he said, my arm does everything for me. There's no greater arm that can Help God. God doesn't need any help. My arm does, is the ultimate help. He's the ultimate power. My arm does everything for me. And he said the arm of the flesh will fail you. The arm of the flesh is nothing. The arm of the Lord is everything. So he says, he says, it is by my spirit. If it, if it is by his spirit, then it's by his spirit he will heal you. It's by his spirit he will manifest all the promises of God that Jesus paid for. It's by his spirit that all these things will come into reality in your lives if you understand these things and how to receive them. So now we have established that God heals us by his spirit, not by physical means. Now how do I receive this power? I do not see. Because now it's by his spirit, but you can't see it. Remember, they say the power of God was present. None of nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. Actually, any, anywhere you, two or three are gathered in his name and Jesus is being lift, is lifted up, his power is present to heal. Always present to heal. Pres- always present to heal. Always. Is it because we don't recognize these things? So we are calling upon him to, you know, send down the power. I will start begging him to send down the power. And if he's not sending quickly, we start doing all manner of things just to persuade him or wake him up to send down the power. I don't get all of this. He said, I will never leave you or forsake. But there are sometimes the power of God falls, as the Spirit of God wills. But if you walk by, by Scripture strictly, He's there. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'm there in your midst. Is He there with half of His power, one quarter of His power? He's there as God. The fullness of His glory is there. So if we recognize these things, and, and walk by faith, we see him manifest. We see him manifest. Actually, sometimes his manifestation is according to his will. Sometimes we draw the power. We, we, children of God, we initiate things that make the power respond to us. The woman with the issue of blood initiated it. He, I'm going to teach on it in this teaching. He didn't sit down there. He went, he did something and the power flowed her direction. So, I'm going, what I'm trying to say is that the spirit of God, the power of God, is what God uses to heal. Now, how do I receive this? Now, let's look at the natural realm. How do we receive in the natural realm? We just try to use these things to be able to help us understand the things we don't see. 
so we can articulate them better and be able to practice them. Now, in the natural realm, how do you receive? First of all, you make contact. You make natural contact. If you are giving me something, I have to be physically present and make physical contact with you to be able to receive it. Or make physical contact with the thing you are mailing to me so that I'll be able to pick it up. Or somebody picks it up for me, but there has to be a physical contact between whoever is picking it up for me and what you are sending me. There has to be that physical contact. If there's no physical contact, I have not received. It can lie down there, but I have to make that physical connection. My hand has to make that contact. And then before I'm making that contact, I have to identify what is mine. I have to be physically present to be able to identify what is mine. And then we extend our hands to receive it and to hold it and not drop it. So you have to be physically present. You say, oh, pastor, I have something for you. Okay, I have come for it. Now I'm physically present. Number two, I have to identify it. Say, it's this one. I identify it. Then number three, I extend my hand and make a physical counter to take it from you and hold it and not drop it and destroy the whole thing and hold it. Now, if this can help us, let's look at the spirit realm too, how you also receive. It's the same process. It's not different. The only thing is that in the spirit realm, what you use is not your physical eyes and physical hand, but it's the same process. It's not different. You have to make contact. You must make contact. You must be present to take. You must be present to take. You have to be there to take. Now, you, so in the spirit, you must make contact with the Holy Spirit through his word. John 6, 63. It is the spirit that quickens it. Quick means gives life. The flesh profited nothing. You see, in this realm we are talking about, the flesh, the physical, your hand, your eye, it's not useful. It's not useful. It's not useful at all. The flesh profited nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, they are life. This word I'm speaking to you is active. The Bible said the word of God is active, it's powerful. So you want to make contact with the spirit, you make contact with his word. The word is spirit and life. It's not the Holy Spirit, but the Bible says that it has the spiritual, it has a spiritual nature. It's a spirit, it has a spiritual nature and it's alive. So you make contact with that word. You, make, you have to be physically present with the word. You have to. Proverbs 4.20 My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of it. You see, there has to be that contact, spiritual contact between you and the word. Don't lose sight of it. Make that contact. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. It must penetrate into your inner being. Now people don't want to do these things. And they, 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 there's no magic. It has to penetrate deep into your being, into your spirit being. 22, for they bring life to those who find them. Contact. If you are looking for something, is to make contact with it. Is to make contact with it. To locate it is important. To locate it is important. 
to locate it is very, very critical. To make that contact, you must find it. You must locate that scripture that gives he- that talks about healing. You find it and you start studying it. You start meditating on it day and night until it penetrates deep into your innermost being. So we need to, we need to make that contact. We need to meditate on the word. Look at uh, Luke chapter 9, 44. Let this saying sink down into your ears. Let it sink down. It can't be superficial. It cannot, if it's superficial, then you are not serious. You really don't, you are not care, you don't want it. If you want it, you go for it. It's a treasure. The book of Proverbs said, if you seek it like you see dollar, you will find it. But if you are not interested and it's a laxada thing to you, it's, you're not really, it, it, because you have no confidence in it, you don't have faith in it, you really don't see what it does in your life. You say, oh, we studied the Bible, oh, I read the Bible, ah, oh, pastor, I read the Bible. You may not be interested. You may not be interested. So it's not a superficial something. It's something that you dedicate on purpose your time to seek after the truth. He that seeketh, find it. There is seeking, brethren. There is seeking. The, the, the man that came to Jesus opened the whole roof, seeking. He went to that extent because he's, that is saying, this is what will work for me. But if you have alternatives, you, you may not seek it with all your heart. Because you think you have other things out there that can help you. So Jesus said, let this thing sink into your ears. Second Peter 1.19, because of that experience, we have even greater confidence in the message proclaimed by the fourth prophets. You must pay close attention to what they wrote, for their words are like a lamp shining in a dark place until the day dawns and Christ the morning star shines into, in your heart. Let it penetrate deep into you. Let it penetrate deep into you. Go deep into you, into your spirit, beyond your natural faculties. That's what it does. The Bible says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It penetrates deep into a man. That's where the, the seed takes hold and begins to have root. Deep into a man. Ephesians 1.17 I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, will impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him through this deep intimacy with him through his word making contact physically you make contact spiritually you make contact very important so when you make that contact you begin the spirit of god will begin to show you what is yours healing is yours you know, some people say, I have faith, they believe, but they think they've not made contact yet. And they want to believe because they think, oh, if I say I believe, I'll get healed. No, it's not like that. It doesn't work like that. It does not work like that at all. It's not, it's not that way. So now, you have to identify the thing that belongs to you. First Corinthians 2.12 And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has already given us, already given us, when we t- well then, when it, when the Spirit of God is there to show us those things that God has already freely given us, freely given us, freely given us. Healing is one of them. Remember, the scripture says that he bore our sicknesses. So the Spirit of God will show you 
not with physical eyes, because physical eyes is not seeing these things. He will show you. So how does he show me? Luke chapter 24, verse 45. Then open he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. That's what it does. It opens your inner eyes that you begin to understand what your natural faculty can't even articulate. Second Corinthians 4.18 Why we look not at the things which are seen. So it's not showing you the things that are seen. You can't see that healing physically. But at the things which are not seen. How do you see things that are not seen? They must have another set of eyes with which you can see that. That's what the scripture is saying. Let the word penetrate deep inside of you to get into your spirit man, into your innermost being. Contact, contact, contact into your innermost being. Then the spirit of God can show you what you can see with your eyes of your innermost being. Not this one, because what you're looking at are things that cannot be seen. These things can be seen, but you're looking at things that are not seen. And these things don't take a month to do. If you focus on these things, it can, it can run quickly for you. Very, very quickly for you. So obviously, it's not talking about natural eyes or natural faculties, but our spiritual faculty which, with which we can make spirit contact with God's word. You know, you can't make contact with God's word with your natural faculty because the wisdom of God is far greater than your natural faculty. It can't figure it out. It can't figure it out. Now, Ephesians 1.18. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination. Now, it causes the eyes of your innermost being, your heart. Some, they use heart, they use spirit, they interchange it, soul, and that kind of things. But your innermost being is your spirit. It's your spirit. The, the scripture uses heart to, to, for it sometimes. It's your spirit. Innermost being, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. Flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation, until you identify, this is mine, this is mine, this is mine. Until, there's an until. Romans 10, 10. For with the heart man believeth. You see, you believe not with the head. Not with the head. The innermost being. With the heart man believeth. The innermost being. Unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Sometimes we start talking things that is not even coming from our heart. Because we think if we say that, I must, then healing must come. And then we start checking our body. You, you, the thing hasn't entered. If it enters, you're not checking your body. Anything. You, are, you forget your body completely. Because there's something you, you know now. There's a knowledge you know now that you understand is true. You're not, going, you're not vetting it no more. You're not checking your body, nothing. So by faith, you will understand spiritual truths that are not seen. Hebrew 11.3. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command. There are things you understand by faith. By faith. There are things you understand by the revelation of the Holy Spirit. You don't understand them by your natural faculty. Now, because you now know these things that it is true, is being revealed to you, and you know that it is true, because you know it first in the inside, everything you receive from God, you will know it first inside of you. If you don't know it first inside of you, forget it, you don't have it. 
you must know it first inside of you. When you know it first inside of you, you go around asking, do I have faith? Because by faith, we understand, you know, this is, you are persuaded of the reality of destiny, even though it's not seen. So, Romans 8, 16 says, the spirit is a bearing witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. So, the Holy Spirit is bearing witness with your spirit, showing you what is yours, letting you understand it. But it's with your spirit, your innermost being. You are, I keep emphasizing it, with your innermost being. If you are not patient to pursue these things, it won't work. Peter said you have to keep doing it until it pierces in like a light, a, a beam of light inside you and makes contact with your spirit. First John 5, he that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself. So if you are healed, you have the witness in yourself. You don't want, you don't, what are you asking people? Do you ask people, it's my name, so, so, so. You have the persuasion, it's your name. There's no, you're not vetting your name anymore. What you know by your spirit, it doesn't, vetting doesn't arise. That's called faith. Because you know it, you are fully persuaded about it. You have a witness inside of you. You have a knowing inside of you that this is real. So you first of all know it inside of you. That's where you know it first. Brother, I'm telling you people, you know it first inside. So that whatever is happening outside does not catch your attention. Doesn't catch your attention. The result is that as, since you know it inside, you are no more paying attention to whatever is happening outside of you. So you see the process of how to receive spiritual things. The same thing like physical things. You have to make contact and then you have to identify that which is yours. And then you have to, now you stretch forth your hand of faith and say, this is mine. You take it, you stretch forth your hand of faith and say, yeah, 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 this is mine. Mark eleven twenty four. Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I say unto you, whatsoever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. He didn't say when you pray, you shall have them. No, there's something in between. You have to believe that you receive them. Why? The Spirit of God has revealed to you what belongs to you, and you say, yeah, this is mine. The hand with which you take it is that you're saying it is mine. It's affirming it is yours. It is that affirmation, that affirming that this is mine, which also carries a corresponding action that shows, sure, this is mine. The word and the action pack it together. That's how you receive it. It's mine. First Timothy 6.12 Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. You lay hold on the thing. You got to lay hold on it and say, this is mine. Wow, this healing is mine. I have this understanding within me. I know it inside of me that I'm healed. I know it. And then my action reveals that I know it. Because faith is evidence of something that is not seen. I mean, if your action is not showing me any evidence that you really believe what you're saying, it's not faith. The Bible says faith without works is dead. It doesn't work like that. Because action speaks louder than words. So you lay hold on it because now you know it is yours. Now let's look at uh, Luke chapter 8, 49. While he yet speak, while he yet speak, there cometh one from the ruler of the synagogue 
have saying to him, Thy daughter is dead. Trouble not the master. But when Jesus heard it, he answered him saying, Fear not. Believe only. Believe only. Believe only. There's no ritual required. Rituals are not invited. They are not, these things have been freely given to you. The Holy Spirit is showing them to us. Believe only and she shall be made whole. Simple. So we have to win ourselves from ritualisms, all the things that we learned, all the wrong things that they taught us, all this, you know, spin around four times this direction, five times this direction, call this one 20 times, this one, it's just worthless, totally useless. Only believe. That's Jesus. Only believe only. That's all you need to do. It's mine. I have it now. You believe only and you start acting like it's yours. Then it shall be yours. Exactly what he said in Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore I say unto you, what things ever you desire, when you pray, first of all, believe now that you have received it. Then it shall be yours. Believe you have received it. Jesus said, believe only, and she shall be made whole. Believe you have received it. Act like you have received it. Then you, it, it becomes yours. If you don't believe you have received it, if you don't act like this is yours, you won't see it. You won't see it. Hebrew 4 verse 1. God's promise of entering his race still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Verse 2. For this good news that God has prepared his race, this race has been announced to us. Just as it was announced to them. The good news was announced to them as it's announced to us. But it did, it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. They didn't believe it. They didn't share the message. They, they didn't believe what they were being told. So all that good news did not profit them. It's the same thing today. Jesus bore our sicknesses and everything. It won't profit anybody unless you believe the, 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 the testimony of God that has given you. Unless you believe that. Verse 3. For only we who believe can enter his rest because the job is done. So there's no ritual required. There's no ritual required. So faith is evidence that you are, have, you are fully convinced that what God told you is true. You have seen it with the inner eye and you have identified it as your own. Now you have affirmed this yours, but by word and action. And you don't care what's happening around you. Look at Romans 4. Verse 19. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God and being fully convinced, fully convinced that what he had promised, he was able to perform. Now, this is a situation of a man that's 100 years old and a woman about that age. And this man is fully convinced that this woman will have a baby. These are human beings like us. They don't, they, they don't have four heads. God put these things there. The Bible says it was written for us too. God put these things there to show us people have done this before. And Abraham didn't even have the, the privilege of Bible studies or the, even the privilege of all these, all these scriptures we are reading. They have all this privilege of, you know, being taught over and over and over and over. 
These are the witnesses that stand. When you accuse God, they didn't do the Abraham will point at you and said, I was hundred years old. The wife will get up and say, How about me? So what are, what are you accusing God about? We are humans like you now. The Holy Spirit said Elijah was a human being like you. He was a human being like you. He's not different. But he was fully convinced. And because he was fully convinced, verse 19, not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Whatever was asked, happening outside didn't bother him at all. He knew something by his spirit that his eye had not told him. His feeling has not told him. There was nothing to show him. There hasn't been any record that a hundred-year-old man and a hundred-year-old woman had a baby. Nothing to show this man. But he was convinced. Why? The Spirit of God told him and gave him understanding that this is yours. And he knew it inside of him. So whatever was happening didn't bother him. He couldn't care less about this old age. He couldn't care less. Because he knew it and he was giving thanks, giving glory. Verse 20. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. No, he knew it fully convinced. That's what we're teaching here. But he was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Every day he was giving thanks. He didn't go to God and say, Lord, I've been waiting. No, he was fully convinced that this is done. There was nothing required of him anymore. No rituals required of him. Just his steady faith, not doubting God. Steady conviction that the Spirit of God has planted in him. That's the way it works. Brethren, that's the way it works. And again, healing, you can initiate your healing. And God can initiate your healing. You can take your healing at any time, T. Only believe, you can always exercise faith in what already the scripture said. If you follow these process, processes of making contact, identifying what, what is yours, uh, the Spirit of God shows it to you and affirming it and taking it and holding it. Now, you know, people can lose what they have. People can lose, you can lose, you can lose your healing. Actually, God can make you a promise and it's, it's not, it's not, it won't materialize. Sometimes you start to materialize and you, you, bunk, you, you mess up and everything stops. God can make you a promise and it won't materialize. People are surprised. People think it's not true. You can have something that God gave you and you lose it. You lose it. Revelation 2.25 But that which you have already hold fast till I come. Hold fast. Hold fast. Revelation 2.25 But that which you have already, hold fast. Hold fast. If you don't hold fast, there is an enemy roaming around looking for who to devour. But hold fast what you have till I come. Hold fast. Hold it fast. You can lose it. God can make you a promise. You go out there. You, you get it by faith before two hours. Two days you lost everything. Because now you, 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 certain things will make you, your confession is changed, everything is changed, or, or you're abusing the privilege that God gave you. James 1 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. See, when you start wavering, you lose it. That's how we lose it. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think, that he shall receive anything of the Lord. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can't receive anything from God unless your faith is steady like Abraham. 
Hebrews 10.23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. See, once we waver, we lose it. Once you waver, you lose it. For he is faithful that promised. God gave you a promise and you waver. The Bible says, don't think you receive anything. Nothing. Hebrews 4.14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. The way you hold, hold what God gave you is to hold fast to saying the same thing God said, not changing your testimony. You overcome with that testimony. Don't change it. And the devil will try to make you change it. And you can change it. I think it's a joke. You lost it. You just lost it. Hebrew 10, 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence, which had great recompense of reward. For ye have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that will come, will come, and will not tarry. Tarry it. Now, the just shall live by faith, but if any man draws back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition. Drawing back unto perdition. Today, yeah. Tomorrow, no. Because you are not persuaded. You need to go to the world and make contact. Your spirit needs to make contact with that living word of God. Very important. Let it penetrate deep. Make contact. And the Holy Spirit will open your eyes of understanding. You see that thing and you realize, oh, this is true. Faith is a substance. It will show you substance. Things that are not seen. You are looking at things that are not seen. Then you realize, wow, I'm healed. Really, really. Yeah, that's true. I'm healed. You don't need any pastor or anybody at that time. Because you know you got it. Now you need to fight off the devil. Very important. You need to. Colossians 2, 14. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And the old arrest warrant that stood to indict us. He erased it all. Our sins. Our stains. So he deleted it all. And they cannot be retrieved. Praise the Lord. Everything we once were in Adam has been placed in, onto the, his cross. And now permanently there as a public display of cancellation. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon and all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his prisoner. You must understand that this, Jesus had disarmed the devil. This battle, you know, I was talking the other day, I think yesterday also, well, believers with me, I said, this word, you know, the battle of the, is the Lord's. Well, it's true. But he fought the battle, is won. It's here. It, it's done. Jesus is not coming to fight any battles for anybody. Sit there and be saying the battle of the, is the Lord. And don't do anything. The devil will eat you lunch, breakfast, and dinner. Jesus is finished, brethren. He said, it is finished, I'm done. I'm not coming to fight your battles no more. I am not coming to fight your battles no more. I'm done. He finished. I handed us over the battle. Say, in my name now, you go cast out devil. You resist evil. You, it's up to us to rise up and resist the devil. You can't sit there and, and be hoping Jesus will come. Most of the time, instead of rising up to fight, we are, we are praying to God to come. and What are you talking to God about? 
God's finished what he's supposed to do. It's right here. We just read it. Messed up the devil, took away his authority, paraded him as, as a worthless, worthless thing under our feet. Has no power whatsoever, cannot accuse him, nothing. Dealt with him mercilessly. Took our sin, nailed it because it's our sin that brought death and that enabled him. He finished with our sin, canceled everything, cannot be retrieved. Brethren, this is awesome news, cannot be retrieved. Man, I, I feel like dancing. Cannot be retrieved. The devil can't retrieve it unless he comes to lie to you and you are listening to him. Look at First Peter 5.8. Be well balanced and always alert. Because you are enemy, the devil, that, that oppresses people with sickness, roams around incessantly, like a roaring lion looking for its prey to devour. Nine, take a decisive stand against him. Resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. For you know that you are believing brothers and sisters around the world are experiencing the same kinds of trouble you endure. So it's not only you. The Bible says, take a decisive stance against him and resist his every attack with strong, vigorous faith. Because your sins are gone. Jesus washed your fall on righteousness. He has no grounds to come and deal with, with anybody that's a Christian. We, 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 look, our life is hidden in Christ and Christ is in God. We are out of reach. We are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Men, we are just too much. Born of the Spirit, John with the Jesus. That, that, that thing, he, he should, I mean, come on, man. He, he understands the situation. He knows, but we should know too. He's been defeated. Disarmed. Dragged around. Made a public show. Why do we glorify him? Why do you glorify somebody who was defeated and made a public show? You go to battle, they losing, they losing side. You can't be talking about them. You should be talking about the champion. We are the champions. We are overcomers and more than conquerors. You should resist him if he brings the symptoms in your body. You say, no. Jesus took this. Fight him. Jesus is not coming to fight for you. Period. And stop using the name of Jesus as a talisman. It's, it's, not, it's not a talisman. There's authority in that name. You, Peter said, faith in that name made this man to work. Then speak that name with authority. Vehemently resist the devil. Give him no option but to flee. He must not find any weak point in your voice or action. He must know that you mean business and he's getting out of the way. And he will leave you alone. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us pray. Precious Father, we just want to thank you, give you praise and glory as you have brought these things to our attention. Lord, I pray that you help us to open our eyes so that we understand them. We live by your word because if we are not doing your word, we are deceiving ourselves. So we get out of religious rot. We don't need religion. All we need to believe. The work is done. Jesus is done. Finish this work. It's up to us now. Lord, help us to rise to education. To rise to education so that your glory will be revealed to the world around us. And our joy shall be full. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.